And so, Lord Jesus, we give our all to you and we pray, Father, that you will help us to seek your wisdom in all that we do to live lives that are worthy of the call that you've placed on our lives, Father. We pray that as we come before your word this morning, you will help us to receive your wisdom, to follow your wisdom and to walk in your ways. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope you find that a helpful video. I know that it's long, but the Bible project is wonderful. If you want to know more about um, the structure of the Bible and overviews of the different books, then the Bible project is really good and you can just YouTube it. So it's a really good um, resource. Um, so we're going to look this morning at Proverbs chapter 3, just for a short time before we come to communion this morning. And it was really hard picking a proverb for a start, but then also focusing in on the proverb because Proverbs 3 is 35 verses, I'll have you know. And you'll be glad to know that I'm not going to go through all 35 verses. And I've picked two things that we're going to focus on this morning. And we're just going to read um, a few of the verses. So um, we're going to see what God's wisdom has for us in these verses this morning. So the first thing that I want us to look at today is wisdom is keeping God's commands. That's the first thing. Wisdom is keeping God's commands. So let's read um, just a few verses, verses 1 to 4 together, and it should be on the screen as well. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. Wisdom is keeping God's commands. So this first part of these verses say, do not forget. We read this again and again in scripture. Do not forget my teaching. And it's speaking here about God's teaching, God's commands. And the reason why this command to remember appears so often in scripture is really simple. God knows that we forget. God knows that we need a constant reminder. It's too easy for us to wander off in our own past or forget the things that we've learned or forget what God has done for us. We need regular reminders. And the disciples were like this as well. They were always forgetting what Jesus had done for them. And often Jesus repeated his teaching or he would teach them the same thing, but in three different ways because he knew they needed to hear um, properly again and again so they could really understand and the disciples often acted like they were hearing it for the first time like it was brand new information and sometimes we can be like that when God is telling us again and again so it says do not forget my teaching do not forget my teaching but keep my commands in your heart now I really love this it's not keep your commands in your head or keep my commands in your mind which you might expect because he's telling us to remember he says keep my commands in your heart this is not just head knowledge this is heart changing it says in verse 3 let love and faithfulness never leave you bind them around your neck write them on the tablet of your heart it's saying to keep God's love his mercy his truth close to us and be really intentional about it We've not just to go about our days and just hope that we sense that God is with us. He says we have to be intentional. He uses active words, bind them, write them. It requires our action to follow God closely 
and intentionally with purpose. When I was reading this, it made me think of when we do hand binding for marriage ceremonies. I don't know if you've ever seen this being done, but sometimes they'll we'll wrap material around the couple's hands together as they say their vows to one another. And it's a beautiful sign of the commitment that they are making to one another to be bound and connected forever. When we bind the hands, it's a beautiful picture of, of the vows that they are making, but we can see it visibly. I am with you always, they are saying. I never want to be separated from you. You are my first priority. It's the reason why marriage is so significant. It's a covenant, a promise, an intention, a commitment, no matter what. And so this kind of language that we read in these verses is encouraging us to a commitment of faith, a commitment to God's word. It's saying, don't be wishy-washy in your faithfulness to God, depending on your circumstances or how you're feeling that week. Take it so seriously. Don't forget God's teaching and his commands. Remember to walk in it as much as possible. And it's not just about avoiding the things that aren't good for you. It's about actively filling your life with the goodness of God and making intentional choices every single day to walk in obedience to Christ. And there are, there are outcomes and consequences for trying to live a life that is for God. Being a person who seeks wisdom and who wants to live for God puts you on a certain path. And there are actually so many benefits we read in these verses. Verses 1 and 2 says, Don't forget my teaching. Keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Now, remember what we learned in that video from the Bible Project. The verses in Proverbs are not promises from God that if you live this way, then this will absolutely happen. But we know that there is a certain safety and protection and provision when we walk in obedience to God compared with when we walk in our own ways or make our own decisions when we go off and do our own thing. I want to say a wee bit more about that. I was thinking about when I came to the church as a teenager and I remember I, be I began to see people who were living a completely different life from what I had known growing up. And there were Christians who had been walking with Christ for a long time, and many of them are still in this church today. And I remember um, they were amazing to me, seeing them walking in these ways. Now, I'm not saying that they were perfect, because they weren't, and they've got sin like we have sin. And I'm not saying that things weren't tough in their lives, because it was tough in their lives. There were things that were tough. But there was something different about how they lived their lives even in those tough times. They lived their lives seeking God's wisdom every single day and they made different choices as a result of their faith. Whereas I came from a family which was just a normal family, really for me, it was full of love but quite a bit of dysfunction as well, shall we say. And so we didn't live in that way when I grew up. My family didn't live in these ways. And what I know now is that the Christians that I met in this church knew and still know that living for God in every way is the best way that we can live. His instructions and his commands are the best choices that we could make and following his teachings in the Bible will lead you in the best way. A small example of that is that 
We've had a couple of 80th birthdays recently in the church. They will remain nameless. You'll be glad to know. Don't panic anyone. But when I was having these birthday celebrations, I was hearing all the ages of the people in the room. And you would have no idea the ages of the people in this room because you would never know it. They are people who walk with peace and prosperity that it all makes them look so much younger than they actually are. It makes you sense that they have youth about them in a way that you just wouldn't believe. And that is because they've walked with God all of their lives that they've barely aged in some ways. Keeping God's commands is wise. It says in these verses, it brings you protection, peace, prosperity. It brings favor with God and with man. And all you have to do is look at some of the saints we have in our church who walked with God for most of their days and see how God is at work in them and through them. It's inspiring to choose wisdom. There's a great example later on of what it means to live rightly and in peace. Let's read together verses 24 to 26. And it says this, When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. Now this is amazing. This is what wisdom brings. Living rightly brings peace for sleep. It made me laugh, right? Because I was thinking I'm going to do a bit of confessing other people's sins here, right? I know we don't do that, but I think it's all right. So it reminded me of a story my grand told me, right, about my mum. And because she's not here anymore, I feel like it's all right to tell this story, right? She would be mortified. She'd be, what is it, turning in her grave? That's what they say. But my mum, long before she was a Christian, right, I'll say that, um, she, in her early 20s, used to do what everybody else did, right? Do you remember you used to put a bit of plastic in your meter so that you didn't get charged for your electricity, right? Everybody's nodding. <laughs> so she used to do that, right, like everybody did at the time. And um, she really tried to help her neighbour out, right? And she phoned the police on their behalf to help them out with this situation. So the police came to the door just to get the report from her and obviously straight away saw that she had this bit of plastic in her meter and she was charged a hefty fine for um, not walking wisely, should we say. And there's still a lot of temptation like that nowadays for making decisions. I feel like I pay a lot of money for things. But I know that I live much more at peace without fear of who's coming at my door. I know I can put my head down on a pillow at night in peace of making wise decisions. Now this might be a daft example, but when we live in obedience to God, there is simplicity and there is peace without fear, without looking over our shoulder all the time or worrying about what's coming next. Wisdom is keeping God's commands every day every small choice, it makes a difference. And so the second thing that I want us to look at this morning is wisdom is trusting in God and not yourself. So let's read verses five to 10. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honour the Lord with your wealth 
with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. These are some of the most famous and verses for, and for good reason. This is good and wise instruction. How easy it can be to lean on our own understanding or trust in our own wisdom. It can be hard to trust God, especially when what is in front of us doesn't seem to make any sense and we can't see what God's doing in the midst of it. It can be hard to trust God because it means we've got to relinquish control. We've got to surrender all. We've got to relinquish control of a, a person or a situation. We've got to trust God with things that are difficult. And how often do we think that we know what is best? We know what someone needs. We know what needs to happen next. We think we have it right. And it's interesting because we're told to trust in the Lord with all our heart. The writer knows that we can be a divided people, that our hearts and our minds are conflicted sometimes. I'll trust God with this area of my life, but I'm not trusting him with my children. That's too much. I'm not trusting him with my desire for children. I'm not sure I can trust God for a partner. It might be too difficult for me to trust God with my finances. I struggle to trust God for my future, my marriage, my health, my job, my healing. There's an endless list of things that we can struggle to give to God or that we still long to have control over. But these verses remind us to trust the Lord with all our heart, our whole heart, so that we can submit to him in all our ways and he can lead us forward and make our paths straight. It's so wise to trust God more than anything else. I was saying to someone the other day, I've no idea how people without God can cope when things happen in their life. I just don't know how they do it. For me, the only thing I can be sure of in life is God. And so whether it's been death or grief or jobs or relationship issues or fears as a parent or difficult news, changes to plans, whatever it is, I know that the bottom line is I can trust God with all these things. And I know that his plans are greater than mine. And what he can do is greater than what I can do. And I know that I can make a decision in any moment to trust him wholeheartedly. And I'm not saying that that is always an easy decision, but anytime worry or anxiety or fear sets in, I know that I can try and take back control and keep choosing acceptance and choose to trust God in the midst of it. I don't know how people go through life without God or make sense of anything without God because with God, we can do all things. Psalm 62 says it really beautifully. It says, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. There is a steadiness that comes to us when we trust God wholeheartedly with the things that are most important to us. And these verses in Proverbs, they, tr they encourage us to trust God even before we put our trust in anything else. So it says this in verses 9 and 10, Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Honouring God's first can be a really tricky thing. It requires a real trust in God. 
But we know that honouring God first gives assurance of God's provision. that are outcomes when we fully trust in God. We have a God of abundance who gives all that we need. We read that in these verses. The outcome of giving to God is that what he gives you in return will be overflowing. You will have more than you need. And we're not just talking about trusting God with our finance. That's part of it. But what about trusting God with your time? There are so many times when I've come into work in the morning and I've got loads and loads to do and I'm rushed and I think to myself, I need to hurry because I've got loads to get on with today. But the times when I take time to stop, to pray, to worship first, I end up having more time and not less. I end up getting more done than I would have ever expected. God provides more than is needed when we trust him, when we honour him and when we put him first. Wisdom is trusting God more than you trust yourself. So just as we close today, I want us to ask this question, how do we receive wisdom? How do we receive God's wisdom? I pray more for wisdom now than I pray for anything else, genuinely. I don't know if it's because now I've got more responsibility or um, now I have no clue what I'm doing in any area of my life. So I need God's wisdom every day. But I pray for wisdom more than I pray for anything else. And we can ask God for that. That's one thing. But the other thing is that we can know the word of God. We can know what God says in his word. The best advice for living is in this book. And that is so exciting. It's a gift to us because, you know, it doesn't matter how you have been brought up. It doesn't matter how good or bad your upbringing has been. It doesn't matter what's been poured into your life till this point. The wisdom in this book for living your best life is unmatched. You can't get it anywhere else, but this is amazing. And so there are so many times when I really miss my mum and dad. I genuinely feel like Chris and I are not responsible enough to be responsible for other human beings, right? And I wish I had my mum and dad here to be able to ask them questions every day, to get advice for the difficult things in life. I miss them so much sometimes. I wish I could talk to them and find out how to fix things in my house and what to do about situations. And I, I miss their wisdom. But I love when I come across something in the Bible that would be just like my mum or dad would have said. Because actually, they get all their best stuff from here. This is where they got their best bits. They were in their best place with faith before they died. And the word of God was teaching them so much that they'd never known in the rest of their lives because they came to faith late. And yet they got so much of their wisdom from this book. And they were walking more in obedience to Jesus than they ever had before they died. And there's so many people in this room who could share with you that the choices they've made that have taken them down a wrong path, a difficult path, and the result of seeking wisdom in this book, which turned them around in a new direction. So much of this life is about choice. It can be a difficult choice, but it's a choice all the same, to walk in his ways or not. The wisdom and instruction is the same for all of us, and it's we've, got, we've all got access to it in this book. I used to get people asking me all the time, what if it's not true, right? This was everybody's favorite question. What if this isn't true, right? What if you've believed in this your whole life and it's not even true? What are you going to do at the end of your life? And honestly, it is always an easy response. I will have not lost a single thing with the way that I've lived my life. 
with the choices I've made every day. Not a single regret, but I will have gained everything if it is true. The choices and the wisdom that we have in this book is unbelievable. Live it every single day. And if it's all made up at the end, I guarantee you will not regret a single thing because God's goodness is in this book. And so we're going to be taking communion this morning and I want us to sing as we prepare our hearts. And we're going to sing, build my life. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. And we're going to take time as we're singing to pray. The windows are opened. To pray, to recommit ourselves to him before we come to the table for communion. And the kids will join us for this as well. Amen.